24, I thought we better go back there and have some more fun. Amen. So turn over there in your Bibles, if you would, please, to Proverbs chapter 24. If you uh, missed uh, last Wednesday's uh, teaching, then I encourage you to go back and be a great blessing to you. Amen. Glory to God. Proverbs chapter 24. Hallelujah. So, praise God, as you're finding Proverbs 24, don't forget that our church office is closed between now and the end of the week. And for New Year's Eve, we are having our uh, normal Sunday morning activities. And uh, praise God, come. And I challenge you, bring somebody with you. Amen. Amen. It's going to be a great, great last day of 2023. Amen. Amen. Well, Father, we approach your word today with reverence, with humility. We thank you that it is a light unto our path. It is a lamp unto our feet. It shines and shows the way to victory, to, to you, to eternal life, to bliss, to victory. And we regard it with great reverence, Father. We thank you that as we uh, have put ourselves now tonight in a position to have the word ministered to us, we do so with our minds alert, undistracted, our hearts are engaged, and they're open. And Father, we've, we've decided, or we decide right now, we're not going to be uh, forgetful hearers of the word, but no, we're going to be faithful doers of your word. Because when we do, James says we're blessed. We're empowered to prosper in that arena. And so we thank you for it. I pray, Father God, that you give me utterance and that you help me to articulate glory to God, what's on your heart, what's on your mind, what the people need, what I need, and we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. So last week, of course, we were here in the 10th verse of Proverbs, and we'll start right there again. The proverb uh, writer here says, If thou faint, King James, if thou faint in the day of adversity, your strength is small. Amen? So here in this one verse, we find the cause and the reason for all failure. Amen. We have discovered in one Bible verse why people fail. Do you know there's not been a single person that God has failed? He's been accused of failing. He's been accused of not coming through, but it's never happened. I said it's never happened. Now, God has been restricted. Amen. He's had his mighty hand tied in many of people's lives because uh, even as sincere as they might be, they just didn't know enough uh, from his word about God's word, his covenants, his ways to be able to cooperate. You know, we've got to, we've got to open up a door of access for God to reach our life. Amen. Uh, God is God and he's sovereign, but in his sovereignty, he gave you and I free will and he will not violate that will. And God laid down, he laid down precepts and his laws and his word and his ways and he's not going to suspend that to do something for you or me. If it's up to us to get in the word and harmonize with what he said. And if we'll harmonize our life with what he said, amen, there won't be any failure. Amen. Remember we were just talking about what well, we sang tonight about he'll lift us up. In the offering time we've already seen that God wants to lift us up. But to do that we have to humble ourselves. Amen. And uh, one of the things that a humble person will do is avoid the temptation to blame others. Now, blaming others goes as far back as Eden. It goes as far back as the original fall. We write, God turned to his man, Adam, and what did he say? It's that woman that you gave me. 
So really he blamed her, but really he blamed God for giving her to him. And then what'd she do? She said, it's the devil. He made me do it. Nobody took responsibility. Amen. But a humble person, when things are not going right, when things are not going well, will simply say, uh, I'm the man. I'm the man. Amen. God has given us all the tools and all the means by which, amen, that we can keep every door shut to the devil. You know, the Bible says in uh, one of John's letters, first, second or third John, sin, first John, that, <coughs> excuse me, that we can live our lives in such a way where the enemy touches us not. You spend some time meditating on that verse. Amen. There is a way. That's a standard, right? That's, that's, that's a high standard, but that's a goal. We can live our lives in such a way where the enemy touches us not. Amen. So what does Proverbs 24.10 say is the cause of all failing, fainting, giving up, quitting in days and times of adversity? Small strength insufficient strength for that moment. Amen. Well, we need, I know it's just one verse in the Bible, but you know, the Bible admonishes us over and over and over again to be strong, be strong. Go with me to first Corinthians chapter 16, the last chapter in Paul's first letter to the Corinthians, first Corinthians chapter 16. Let's look at that. <clears throat> What's God endeavoring to say to us tonight? Be strong. Get strong. Stay strong. Hallelujah. You know, we just got a day deeper, 24 hours deeper into the last days. We're 24 hours closer to the Antichrist stepping on the scene, 24 hours closer to the rapture, the catching away of the church, 24 hours closer to the tribulation. Now, we don't have to worry about that. I don't believe we'll be caught away. But we don't know how difficult it will be as we approach in these last days. We do know this, that Paul said by the Spirit in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1, that in the last days, perilous times will come. Peril difficult times, dangerous times, times that are difficult and hard to deal with. Amen. Well, those days are certainly here and coming, going to get worse. What's going to happen to us? As a pastor, it is my job. I got... Uh, recruited by Jesus into the ministry to oversee men's souls. I'm not the shepherd, but I'm an under shepherd in the kingdom. Amen. And I'm going to, I care about you. I care about you. And I don't want you to become one of, unfortunately, what is an increasingly large wake of failed Christians. Amen. Failed, frustrating, curse-ridden Christians who should be shining lights, pillars of victory. Amen. Examples of joy and peace and prosperity and healing and health. Treading on serpents and scorpions. Scorpions occupying ground, taking ground, advancing the kingdom. Amen. But we're going to have to be strong to do it. 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 13, Paul's winding down this first letter and he says, Watch ye... Stand fast in the faith. Quit you like men. That's King James uh, language. The Cody translation would say, be a man. You know, that's, that's really what he's saying. Amen. Quit you like men means act like a man. That's literally what it means. Then what did he say? Be strong. 
Now keep going to the right and let's go over to Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6. You know this verse, don't you? Ephesians chapter 6 verse 10. Paul says, finally my brethren. What's he say? Be strong. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Back up to that third chapter. Back up to that third chapter. Chapter 3, verse 14. For this cause, Paul says, I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be what? What is Paul mindful of? Amen. What is he being anointed and inspired of the Holy Ghost to pray? Amen. He's praying, amen, that you and I, glory to God, would be strengthened. To be strengthened with might. Amen. By his spirit in the inner man. So this is targeted strength. Here he's not talking about physical strength. And that's good. He wants you to be physically strong. Here he's not talking about mentally, uh, mental strength or being strong in your soul. And that's vitally important. But here he is targeting a strengthening to come. God, He's saying, Holy Ghost, take your might. He is the spirit of might, of raw, inherent, divine power. And he's praying He's saying, I want you, Holy Spirit, to take your might and minister it to their inward man. You know, there is an inward man and there is an outward man. Paul said in Corinthians, he said, though the outward man perish, amen, the inward man is renewed day by day. Glory to God. Paul called the inward man the inward man of the heart. He's referring to your spirit. Amen. And your spirit can receive might from the Holy Spirit. You could pray this over yourself. I pray it over you constantly. I sure wish you'd pray it over me. Amen. As we face life, as we face this fallen world, as we face an increasing wave and onslaught of darkness and demons, we not need to be afraid and we don't need to be caught up and overwhelmed. We don't need to faint even when the worst uh, set of circumstances comes against us. You know, when, uh, uh, when Proverbs 24.10 uses the word adversity, it's not talking about my dishwasher broke. It's not talking about I had a bad day or two. Amen. I looked up that word adversity today. And this is what it means. The word adversity in the Hebrew means trouble, tribulation, distress. It goes so far as to mean calamity. When calamity happens, we're not supposed to faint. We're not supposed to give up and quit. We're not supposed to be undone or overwhelmed in calamity. And if we do fall and fail in calamity, we know why. Insufficient strength. Amen. Insufficient strength. So this word means calamity. It means anguish. It means tribulation. 
One Greek diction, or Hebrew dictionary uh, said this. The word here, serah, which is translated adversity, describes a state or a condition of very unfavorable circumstances. And the word focuses on the emotional pain and distress associated with those circumstances. I, I know I don't, I'm preaching to the choir here, right? But you know when real trouble shows up, it's not just the trouble. What comes with it is the emotional difficulty, the, 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 that which affects you internally. Amen? And so in circumstances that are very unfavorable, calamitous, tribulation-type circumstances that bring with it great emotional distress... We're still supposed to be able to stand up under that, amen, and tap into a divine strength that will enable us to stand tall, to be immovable in that, to not quit, to not become a casualty, amen, but to be able to just simply stand in the midst of the most enduring and difficult storm. It's possible. I said it's possible. Amen. Now, when people fall and stumble, we certainly don't look down on them. Amen. The Bible says the righteous do fall and they stumble seven times even. The difference is we get back up again. Amen. We get back up again. Hallelujah. If there's anything that God wants to work in you, it is a I will never quit kind of an attitude. I don't care what comes against me. I don't, I don't care how many people fall around me. You know, we serve a God who inspired the psalmist to write in Psalm 91 that though a thousand fall at my left side and 10,000 at my right hand, it will not come near me. That's our God. That's our Bible. Amen. And here back in Ephesians 3, Paul says, I am praying at the unction of the spirit that the Holy Ghost will take of this. You know, remember, we're talking about the spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. He can minister his might in the form of strength, amen, to your spirit. Hallelujah. So that, and it says, uh, well, let me pick it up. You set your eyes back on verse 17, that Christ, the anointed one in his anointing, might dwell in your hearts by faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the width and the length and the depth and the height. I like to think about that phrase as the deeper things of God. Amen. You know, it takes some spiritual strength to receive the deeper things of God and not to just live your Christian life on the shallow waters of Christianity. Amen. Victory is going to require you to go deeper. Amen. Thank God that you came to the cross, but now you need to go to the upper room. And get baptized with the Holy Ghost. Amen. You need that empowerment in your life. Glory to God. And that you might know or experience the love of Christ which passes knowledge. And that you might be filled, come on, with all the fullness of God. And he goes on, praise God. Go over to Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4. What we're doing right now is emphasizing some verses that instruct us, inspire us, exhort us, even command us, amen, to be strong. Glory to God. 
So again, uh, we know this, praise God, this verse, it's a wonderful verse. Uh, verse uh, chapter 4, Philippians 4.13, Paul says, I can, I love it, amen, I can. You need to get the word cannot or can't out of your vocabulary, amen. Praise God, if you need to do it, if it must be done, if it's in line with the assignment on your life, you can. You can go into the ministry. You can overcome that anger problem. You can prosper financially. You can be healed. You can be. You can be delivered. You can, be, you can have a right mind. You can live untormented. You got to drive negativity far from you. Amen. The Bible doesn't say you cannot. Amen. The Bible says you can. If God says you can, you can. I said, if God says you can, you can. I just can't live the Christian life. That I got to go to a different church. I can't live that standard that preacher preaches. I'm just endeavoring to preach the word. Hey, if the, if the word preached it lower and easier, I, I'd preach it to you on that level. Amen. Glory to God. But he said, I can. Now, Paul is preaching this from prison. He's got more joy in prison than some of these people he's writing to are walking around free. I can do all things through Christ, which, not who, he's referring here in this verse to the power of God, to the anointing that flows from Jesus. The Amplified says something to the effect of who is ever infusing his strength into me. Do you think about the strength Jesus exhibited. He was tempted in all points like as we are, yet he never sinned. He never gave in. I said he never gave in to sin. Amen? And he is ever endeavoring to infuse his strength into you. You can resist that temptation. You can not uh, be a porn person. You can. You can live in a dark world and be a shining light. You can go to that workplace where they all cuss and not cuss. You can. I said you can. Amen. You can go into that marketplace where they don't have any integrity. Amen. And have integrity. You can. I said you can. You can live in this modern world and not be depressed. Not be medicated. Not be poor. Not be broken down. Not be sick. You can. You can do what God told you to do. It's the devil and lies that are telling you that you can't. You, you can't do it on your own. Amen. Paul didn't say, I can do all things because I'm all that. He said, I can do all things through Christ. He learned how to tap into that power, into that anointing. Amen. Glory to God. So everyone... Uh, Days of adversity are coming to all of us. And you don't have to put that down on your 2024 confession list. You don't have to believe for it. Amen. Life is going to make sure. The devil's going to make sure that you've got your fair share of trouble. Jesus said it plain. He said, in this world, you will have trouble. And James said, when trouble shows up, count it a joy. That takes faith, doesn't it? Because you sure don't feel like counting it a joy. I don't. Amen. 
but we can count it a joy because of whose we are and what we know and what's available to us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So going back, uh, just maybe I'm going back. You don't have to physically turn back to Proverbs 24. But you remember some of those other translations, like the message paraphrase says, if you fall to pieces in a crisis, there wasn't much, for, there wasn't much to you in the first place. Yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The NIV, NIV says, if you falter in a time of trouble, how small is your strength? The God's Word says, if you faint in a crisis, you are weak. You are weak. Proverbs 24.10 says uh, that if you slack off, In a day of distress, your strength is small indeed. Amen. So, you know, moving ahead, uh, I had it in my heart to talk to us about uh, more about what it means to be spiritually strong. Now, as we said last week, God wants us to be strong in every aspect of our being, everything that pertains to our life. And you remember that the Lord helped me say, weakness is dangerous We need to see it that way. Weakness is not an inevitability. We all get weak. No, not all of us get weak. I said not all of us get weak. Amen. You know, it's possible never to be weak. Paul said about Philippians 4.13, the amplified rending, who always infuses his strength into me. God's never going to run out of strength. Amen. Remember what we read about Isaiah 40. You know, come and wait on the Lord if you're weak. Because he never sleeps. He never slumbers. He never faints. He never wears out. He never has to change his battery. Praise God. Really, weakness is symptomatic of a lack of fellowship. If we see a weak branch or a sick branch... It's telling us there, but the rest of the tree is alive and well. It speaks to something wrong with the connection. Amen. Weakness in the life of a Christian in any area is symptomatic of uh, neglect of fellowship. Jesus said, abide in me. He said, abide in me in John 15. He said, "I'm I'm the vine. You're the branch. You are the branch. Abide in me. Abide in me. And you'll be able to bear much fruit. He very plainly, in about verse 4 or 5, he says, For without me, or apart from me, you can do nothing. Now again, we need to humble ourselves to that. I can't pastor effectively apart from him. Amen? I can't be the husband I'm called to be apart from him. No. No. I can't make it on my own financially apart from him. No, no, right. I can't do anything. I love the way Brother Keith Moore articulated it. I have nothing. I can do nothing. I am nothing without him, apart from him. Now, that's reality. I said, that's reality. To be strong, we need to, we need to maintain our fellowship with the Father. Praise God. But anyway... Um, In thinking about um, what it means to be spiritually strong, the Lord seemed to uh, emphasize to me that no one could be deemed or thought of as spiritually strong who was weak in faith. Wouldn't that be right? I mean, our whole 
relationship with God, all of our interactions with God are on the basis of faith. They're on the basis of faith. Go with me to Hebrews, if you would, chapter 11. And in Hebrews chapter 11, we know uh, it's been, that ch- uh, chapter has been called God's Hall of Faith, where he heralds and highlights the many men and women over the years in the Bible who were known for their works of faith. And um, he, he highlights very specifically people like uh, Enoch and Abel and Elijah, or not Elijah, maybe Elijah, Moses and, and other great ones. But then when you get deeper into the chapter, he's, he's running out of time, he thinks. And so he just begins to make a summary. And so let's pick up that summary uh, in verse number uh, 33. So notice some of the exploits of faith here that are listed in our Bible. Hebrews eleven thirty three. who through faith... Who through faith, you know, faith is a spiritual force. Amen. Who through faith subdued kingdoms. You can stop and just preach on all of these. I'm I'm going leading up to one phrase. But do you know there is a kingdom of darkness that's arrayed against you and me? Arrayed against all that we dream about and desire. And uh, it's arrayed against this church and, and all true churches. But there is a way we can subdue the kingdom of darkness, demons, and the work of the devil. How do we do it? Through faith. Through faith. Amen. And so he says, who through faith subdued kingdoms, wrought, that means worked, righteousness. Amen. How are you going to work works of righteousness? How are you going to be the man, the woman of integrity and holiness that God's called you and I to be? Not in the flesh. Not in the flesh. We're going to work righteousness by faith. I like the next phrase, obtained promises. Amen. We didn't earn promises. We obtained them. These people laid hold of the promises of God. How did they do it? Through the spiritual force of faith. Amen. Some even stopped the mouths of lions. That's a reference to Daniel. You know, I was thinking about this earlier. It, takes, it took spiritual strength to get Daniel through that ordeal. That's a day of adversity. When everyone in the higher up around the king conspire to get you and to uh, work a conspiracy to get the king who is predisposed to be favorable to Daniel. He loved Daniel. Darius liked Daniel. But he was hoodwinked. Amen. To sign this decree that no one pray to any other God except his God, who was not the true God. Amen. And so, but Daniel was, you know, he was cast into that den of lions. Amen. All night long. Amen. They opened up the door the next morning. The king sticks his head down in there and says, Daniel, you all right? Was your God able to deliver you? He says, everything's fine. It's all good. This verse says it was by faith. How many Christians who face that circumstance would not be eaten? I'm going to say the ratio is probably 11,000 to 1. 11,000 get thrown in on the left side, 10,000 on the right hand, 1 goes into the lion's den and comes out. I bet that percentage is pretty accurate. Why? Because most Christians are not developed in their faith. To be able to face a moment like that and not crumble. Most would have gone to heaven and been a martyr. Not Daniel. 
It took spiritual strength to get Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego through that burning, fiery furnace. Most would have, number one, bowed. Most Christians today, they would have bowed and asked God to forgive them later. Those that refused to bow would have been burned alive. But these three men had developed their faith in God and His delivering power to the degree that He was able to deliver them through the burning, fiery furnace. Possible. I said it's possible. In one of those visitations that Jesus had with Kenneth e. Hagin, you could read about it in the book he wrote called I Believe in Visions. Uh, Jesus rehearsed to Brother Hagin why his people uh, lived so far beneath uh, what was actually provided for them. And he said, uh, number one is, the first reason is, they don't know what belongs to them. My people don't know what belongs to them. But then the second reason Jesus gave was even those that do know what belongs to them, they don't have enough faith to receive it. Now that's going to maybe apply hopefully more to us. I'm endeavoring to make sure the people come here week after week know what belongs to them. Right? And yet people who know what belongs to them still die before their time. They still struggle financially. They're still not right in their thinking. Amen? And yet they know what belongs to them and they have a degree of faith. Amen? But not every circumstance is the same. Not every demon you face is the same. You know, the, devil, uh, the disciples, when they were out ministering two by two, they had no problem getting devils out until this one circumstance. And then the devil came along. They just, in their mind, they could not get the devil out. They could, but they didn't. Jesus had to do it for them. And then when they got off uh, alone with Jesus, they said, why could we not cast him out? That's a lie. They could. See, they're already expressing their wrong thinking. And he said, because of your unbelief. The word unbelief there is not they chose not to believe. The word unbelief there in the Greek means underdeveloped faith. And then Jesus said, this kind. He pointed out, this kind comes out by prayer and fast. So, right? So not every demon you face is the same. So I'm just saying, I mean, we, what kind of adversity do you think the devil might throw at you in life? It's our job to live day by day to be developing our faith so that we can be healed not of just headaches, but of anything the devil would try to put on our body. To be able to tap into the flow of Jehovah Jireh no matter what happens to the economy. Are you with me? Hallelujah. So we're reading Hebrews Hebrews 11, aren't we? So in verse 34, it says, By faith they quenched the violence uh, of fire. They escaped the edge of the sword. So here today we could say, say it like this. Some people, they, they quenched the violence of fire. They escaped the edge of the sword. 
Some people might, uh, in modern times, you could say, uh, this person escaped uh, a crime. Being a victim of a crime. Being a shooting victim or a stabbing victim. These people escaped the edge of the sword. How'd they do it? They did it by faith. They didn't do it by luck. They did it by faith. You kind of got quiet on me here. That's all right. Now, look, here's the phrase I've been uh, reading up to. The next phrase says, out of weakness were made strong. That's the title of my message. Took me a while to get to it. Out of weakness, you can be made strong, right? You can go from weakness to strength. I said, you can go from weakness to strength. How are you going to do it? How'd they do it? They went from weakness to strength by faith. Praise God. You may be physically weak. You can go from physical weakness to physical strength by faith. You can go from financial weakness to financial strength. Amen. By faith. You can go from mental and emotional weakness. I'm not picking on that. Amen. To being emotionally and mentally strong. How do you do that? You can do it by faith. Faith. What do I mean by faith? I mean by faith in God. Faith in him. Faith in what he said. Faith in his word. Through faith in his word, you can go from a state of weakness to strength. They did. You can. That's why it's here. I said, that's why it's written. It's not just written to brag on them. They did it. You can do it. They did it. I can do it. Come on. Amen. Hallelujah. Faith can make weak areas strong. Praise God. And when the doctors and the nutritionists have run out of all of their ability to take you out of weakness into strength, you can still go there. I said, you can still go there. When you tried every antidepressant on the market and you can't find peace and joy, you could still go there. I said, you can still go there. Amen. You can go from being tormented to joyful and exuberant. Amen. You can go from being dominated by fears and phobias to being bold as a lion in the face of real danger. And you can do it. We can do it. I can do it. How are we going to do it? By faith. Amen. By faith. Praise God. Let's go to Romans chapter 4. You're doing some good pulling on me. Praise God. I don't know if you like it, but I like it. Romans chapter 4. Thank you, Father. So to be spiritually strong, we cannot separate the idea of being spiritually strong and ignore our faith. By definition, amen. Uh, I, I, you know, God says it's impossible to please him without faith. And so it would be impossible to think of ourselves able to be spiritually strong if we're weak in faith. And so uh, in this season going into 2024, really all the time, we need to be majoring on faith. A big part of how we live our lives ought to be enjoying the habit of building faith into our life. And I want to say this before time expires. 
because God dealt with me about it. He said, son, don't you ever, ever get bored or get distracted and neglectful of the process of faith. Amen. We can know all about how faith comes and how faith works and how faith is released and then just get bored or tired or distracted from the process of that. And we think that because we know it and agree with it and believe in it, it'll work for us automatically, and it will not. I said, it will not. Amen? And living on yesterday's faith isn't going to work. Dr. Lester Summerall said this. He said, faith must be reborn every day. Faith must be reborn every day. So you're going to go home tonight. You're going to get up in the morning. Faith, if it's to exist in your life, amen, then it's going to have to be reborn in your life. That means what you did in days gone by to get faith, have faith, use faith, you got to get up and do it again. And anything that we do or have to do over and over and over again, there's a danger that we can become neglectful or bored or begin to think wrongly about that. We typically don't struggle with this in the food area. We got to eat every day and we're, we're okay with that, aren't we? To be physically strong, we know we, it's got to go down the hatch every day if we're going to have nutrition. Amen? And, uh, you know, especially when you're talking about just eating what you like, we don't have a problem with that. The food will go in. But, you know, for me to get my entire prescribed, what I've chosen, my supplement regimen in me, man, it's just like every day. I got to undo this cap, pour it in that thing, and do this and mix up that. Now I got to drink it down. Then I got to do this other powder I tried to take. I got to get it down. And, you know, you could get bored or distracted or just unhappy with the process, but there's no other way that I know of to get it in my bloodstream. I guess I could just walk around with an IV. Amen. But if I want the benefits, I said, if I want the benefits, then I've got to embrace the process. And there is a process to being strong in faith. And don't, don't uh, get crosswise in your thinking about the process. Jesus said to Brother Hagin, the number two reason why my people fall short is because number one was they don't know what's available, but number two, the second he said was, um, they, they don't have enough faith. Amen. I have a precious uh, extended family member uh, in a real, real battle uh, in her health with cancer. And, uh, you know, um, you know, if, if things don't maybe turn or change, you know, Will she be with us next Christmas? I don't, I don't know. And, you know, she's a believer. She loves Jesus. And going to heaven doesn't scare her. Amen. But like you, she'd want, she wants to live. Now, I'm not all up in her business about it. But she loves Jesus. Right? And she's got some comprehension, I think, about what faith is but I don't know that she knows enough. And can she know enough? It's a race. Can she come into the knowledge? Can she develop her faith before the cancer has its way? Well, I don't know the answer to that. 
Amen. I know I can bring a supply of prayer to that situation, and I need to, and in Jesus' name I will. Amen. But you know, on the end, if it, if it were, you know, if it's just up to the, the individual, you need to be mindful of something Smith Wigglesworth said. He said, if you wait to get faith until you need faith, you're often going to find that you've come too late. Did you hear that? I know I've said that before, but we need to pay attention to that. Amen. If you wait to get faith until you really need faith, you're often going to find that you've come too late. It's not too late for God. It's not too late for the Word. But for people, they have so many traditions and strongholds of thought that it takes time to get questions answered and wrong teaching and and to get a positive, biblically accurate confession going on in the mouth. And often before you can get all that lined up, people die and go to heaven. And, you know, praise God. It's where it gets sober and serious. And that's why Peter said, be sober. And be serious, because we have an adversary of the devil walking about, right? So here we are, and we'll close right here in Romans chapter 4. And uh, you know this, that in Isaiah 51, 1 through 5, uh, we are instructed to look unto Abraham when it comes to living and walking by faith. He's called in Galatians the father of our faith, indirectly. In Galatians chapter 3, verses 6 through 9, Anyone that is of faith, the faith of Abraham, is called a child of Abraham, which would make him our father. He is the father of our faith. And so the Bible says in Isaiah, look unto the rock from which you were hewn. Amen. And Abraham is that rock. And then it says, look unto Sarah. Amen. Look unto the cloth from which you were cut. So spiritually speaking, in the new covenant, we've been folded into that Abrahamic covenant. Amen. And God points to Abraham and Sarah and says, follow their example when it comes to faith. And here we have a treasure of a few verses in Romans describing Abraham and his faith. Amen. So read with me. I'll read it. You follow along. Verse 16 of Romans chapter 4 says, Therefore it is of faith that it might be by grace. The way grace is going to reach your life is through the pipeline of faith. And grace can't, the grace that brings healing can't reach many people's lives because there's no pipeline of faith for it to flow through. Amen. Our job is to build the pipeline of faith. Now, when I go to, the, when I go to Lowe's, there's, there's different sizes of pipe. You can get quarter inch, half inch, three quarter inch, one inch, and you can go higher. Well, the bigger the pipe, the more that can flow through that. And if we've got this little teeny, 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 and we plugged it up with all sorts of strife and doubt and offenses, it's no wonder that there's just a little bit of a squirt of occasional grace that ever reaches our life. But if we'll unclog the pipe and build a big pipe of faith, God will fill it with virtue and grace and power and blessing. Amen. Therefore, it is of faith that it might be by grace, in other words, not by earning it, to the end that the promise might be sure to all the seed, that includes you and me, not to that also which is of the law, but to that also which is of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. As it is written, I have made thee, God said to Abraham, I have made thee. He didn't say, I'm going to make you. 
He said, I have made you the father of many nations. Before him whom he believed, even God, who quickens the dead. God makes dead things live, right? And calls those things which be not as though they were. That's what faith does. That's how God works. And that's how Abraham functioned. So that's how you and I are supposed to function. That means while you're poor, don't have two cents to rub together. You say, I'm rich. I'm fully supplied. Money comes easy to me. Every need I have is met. Doors are opening. Angels are working. That's what you do. You, you say over, my body is well. I'm pain free. While, while your body reeks with pain and symptoms, you say, I'm well. I'm the healed of the Lord. I'm strong in him. Amen. Healing is mine. It's working in me now. I'm strong. I'm not weak. <laughs> I've said before, but y'all, y'all have followed this pattern, I'm sure, too. You know, I've caught, caught myself at times repeating over and over and over, day after day after day, I'm tired. Oh, I'm tired. Man, I'm tired. Do you know how tired I am? I want everybody to know I'm tired. Man. Uh, but is that, is that what faith is? No. You know, no. The Bible has something to say specifically. It said, let the weak say, I am strong. That's how you go from weakness to strength. You say, I am strong. See, God can work with that. Yeah, I'm strong. I'm not breaking down. I'm not losing my mind. I'm strong and getting stronger. I'm blessed and getting more blessed. Amen. I'm rich and getting richer. I don't know about that. Well, I do. Hallelujah. We call those things which be not as though they were. Now referring to Abraham, who against hope believed in hope. See, when Abraham didn't have any reason, naturally speaking, to hope that he would ever be a parent, he chose to believe instead. Amen. When it looks like you should have thrown in the towel last week, when everyone around you and all your circumstances say, it's over, don't you get it, don't you see? It's dead, it's done, it's over, it's gone, that's it, give up. Faith won't. I said faith won't. Not if it has a promise from God. Not if it has a word from God, it won't. Amen. You know, Abraham believed. Well, it took him, the process of faith, took him 25 years to get Abraham in the earth. It didn't have to take that long, I don't believe. But God had to work with him. I said God had to work with him. But he did work with him. But you know, how many Christians would have given, I tried that faith thing, I I stood in faith for three months. (laughs) Come on now, Abraham, the father of our faith, he worked with God for 25 years. Abraham, excuse me, Noah worked on a project for 100 years before he ever saw any natural evidence that he wasn't insane. Right? Amen. So don't give me a bit, you know, you're big, strong in faith because you stood for three days. Where's God at? I stood for three days. Oh, you're just a real hooting, tooting faith girl, aren't you? Praise the Lord. Amen. 
So in the face of no hope, he believed in hope that he might become the father of many nations according to that which was spoken. Yeah, he's old and getting older. Yeah, his body was never able to produce a child and Sarah's too. That's all true. But he didn't count any of that. He's taken up with something that God said. And that's what faith does. Man, if we went by what it would have looked like, we never would have built this building. We never would have started. We'd have just stayed right there on Jackson Street and just stayed there. Amen? Thing is, God said. And that's what you hold on to, friend. That's someone who's strong in faith in the face of death itself. And Brother Hagin said, I've been at the door of death I don't know how many times. I just learned to laugh. When the devil's saying, you're not going to get your healing this time. Ha, 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 The devil goes, what you laughing about? I'm laughing at you. What are you laughing at me for? You said I wasn't going to get healed this time. That's right. You're not going to get healed this time. You're not going to, this will be one time you don't receive. Ha, ha, ha. He went through that whole process. Amen. He finally told the devil. You keep saying that I'm trying to, I'm not going to get healed. I'm not trying to get healed. He already got it for me. Jesus did. Oh, and the devil just left and took all his symptoms with him. Amen. But you, it takes strength of spirit and strength of faith to do that. Well, I'm trying to get to this one spot here. Um, let's read verse 19 and 20. It says in Abraham, being not weak in faith. Now, you could preach sermon series on this, but we don't have time for that tonight. He considered not his own body. So to avoid becoming weak in faith, you can't consider what you're looking at. You can't consider how long it's been that way. You can't consider how many millions of people have never been healed, never gotten it. Grandma didn't get healed. Nobody in my family's ever gotten healed. That doesn't mean you can't. I said, that doesn't mean you won't. Amen. It just means they didn't, they didn't know what maybe you know. Amen. Hallelujah. So they didn't consider, Abraham didn't consider his own body, nor, uh, you know, being 100 years old, neither the deadness of it. So he didn't consider his own body, and he didn't look at his wife's body. To him, it was no factor. Verse 20 says, he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief. See, he didn't take the opportunity to look at his circumstances and get into questioning, getting into accusing God. He didn't stumble through unbelief, but he was strong in faith. Abraham was strong in faith. He did two things that the Bible says here made him strong in faith. What were they? Number one, he gave glory to God. Now, can you do that? You and I can all do that. Amen? From any circumstance, we can look up and start worshiping. We can turn our heart to him, the one who's able to get us out, the one who's declared healing over us and provision over us and blessing over us and protection over us. Amen? And we can give him glory. Instead, Abraham didn't walk around talking about how unfaithful his God was. How slow his God was. Instead, he gave God glory. And the second thing he did was what? He was fully persuaded. 
that God was able to perform what he said. And that, 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 that was the difference. Abraham becoming fully persuaded that God was able to give he and Sarah a baby despite his age and the condition of his reproductive and her reproductive systems, but just choosing to be taken up with what God said made him strong in faith. And the promise was manifested because of it. Now you and I are not going to get to where the word fully persuaded means to become complete. And we don't start out. You know, you're facing a real circumstance. You're dealing with all that feelings and emotions and all of that. And the image of victory is probably not fully formed in you about that. You have to get that way. So you have to keep feeding the word of God, amen, into your spirit until you become fully persuaded. You are complete. Your spirit has grabbed hold of the promise. And at that point, Isaac is coming. Healing is manifesting. Money, bills are going to get paid. Circumstances are going to change. But in closing, church, love the process. Love it. Never get bored of the process of faith. You know what I mean by that? That means the sowing of the word, the watering of the word. 1 Corinthians 3, 6 said, uh, I sowed, Paul said, Apollos came along and watered, but God gave the increase. Well, <laughs> some people want to hear the word of God on healing one time and then go, okay, I got it. We're, and they don't, no. You, you don't get it just because you sowed it. You have to water it and water it and water it. And you only get to God giving the increase after it's been sown and watered and watered and watered and watered. So never get tired of hearing the word, meditating on the word, confessing the word. Amen. Praise God. Did you get something out of that tonight? Hallelujah. Well, you could stand to your feet, I think. Praise God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Strong. Strong. That's you. I said, that's you. Out of weakness, being made strong in every area where generations in your family have been weak in that area. Out of that weakness, you are being made strong. Yes. Yes. Amen. That's God's will for you and me. Father, I just stretch my hands out over these kings.